you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. We're so glad you are here this morning. You can be seated. I want to, oh, have you enjoyed the worship this morning? This great team that comes every week and rehearse and lead us into the presence of the Lord. I appreciate all of their sacrifices so very much. I'm so honored that each of you chose to be here on this Sunday morning. What a great day to be serving the Lord. Amen. So we've sang this morning already, and I certainly didn't come to add anything to the music department this morning. But um, I had a song that was on my heart as I was preparing for my message this morning, and I just felt like it would be appropriate to reach back and catch an old hymn of the church that maybe we haven't sang in a long, long time around here. And some of you will remember it well. You don't need a songbook or the words on the screen to be able to sing it. Some of you will think it's a new song. All right? So that's all right. Both is all right. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. Every song, my wife reminded somebody the other day, every song was new at some point. And so uh, we have a tendency to sing um a lot of newer songs and some older songs, but what we call older songs were songs that was, for the most part, new around the 1930s and 40s and uh, 50s. We call those old songs and uh, songs that was written in the last 20, 25 years we call new songs. We pulled out a song about 35 years old. Somebody was talking about it being a new song the other day. It was older than them. So that's the way it was. But I'm going to reach way back this morning and catch a song that uh, was written about 1898 by a man by the name of Henry Gilmer. And um, I didn't know him, you didn't know him, but it was a new song uh, about 120 years ago. And uh, it still has strong, strong words of deliverance. How many of you are glad you've been delivered by the hand of the Lord? Do you remember where you were when the Lord reached down and brought you out? Do you remember what he saved you from? Do you remember where he brought you from? He's brought us a mighty long way. Can you testify of that this morning? I may not be everything I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. The words kind of start out a little different, so you've got to drop back into that 120-year-old Lingo and imagine what the writer was saying when he said, My heart was distressed beneath Jehovah's dread frown, and lo, in the pit where my sins dragged me down, well, I cried to the Lord 
from the deep, miry clay, who tenderly brought me out to golden day. Oh, he brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. Oh, he put a song in my soul. Today it's a song of praise, hallelujah. Well, he placed me upon the strong rock by his side. My steps were established in him. I'll abide no danger of falling while here. I remain, but I'll stand by His grace until the crown I gain. Oh, He brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, He set my feet on the rock to stay. Oh, He put a song in my soul today. It's a song. Hallelujah. Well, he gave me a song. Twas a new song of praise. By day and by night, its sweet notes I will raise. My heart is overflowing. I'm happy and free. And I'll praise my Redeemer who has rescued me. Oh, he brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock to stay. Oh, he put a song in my soul today. It was a song of praise. Hallelujah. Well, I'll sing of his wonderful mercy to me. I'll praise him till all men his goodness shall see. I'll sing of salvation at home and abroad till many shall hear the truth and trust in God. Oh, he brought me out of the miry clay. Oh, he set my feet on the rock. Oh, he put a song in my soul today. It was a song of praise. Hallelujah. Now I'll tell of the pit with its gloom and despair. I will praise the dear Father who answered my prayer. I'll sing my new song. The glad story of love and then join in the chorus with the saints above. Oh, he brought me out. Yes, he on the rock to stay. Oh, he put a song in my soul. Today it's a song of praise. Hallelujah, he brought me out, out of the fiery clay. Oh, he set my feet. 
soul today was a song of praise. Oh, somebody thank the Lord for bringing us out of the miry clay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Be seated this morning. The Bible is full of several very powerful stories uh, of the most powerful promises that God ever made to Israel. None are any more important than those that he made in the book of Exodus. For Israel was in captivity and the Lord sent them a word. Aren't you thankful that God will always send you a word just in time? The Lord sent them a word and he said, I will bring you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. He said, I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you. I will take you to me for a people. He said, I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord. There's nothing like those moments when we know He is the Lord. He said, I will bring you into a land and he says, I will give you the land for an heritage. The journey of the book of Exodus proves that the Lord brought us out for a purpose of taking us to something. Anytime that we leave somewhere, God has intention of taking us to someplace better. Recently, looking into a story regarding the, the, the development of the New World, as those who were leaving the Old World and were coming to the Americas, it was the land of opportunity. It was where people could come to start a new life. It was where people could come to start over. They would come, leave everything behind to come here. Many, of course, um, didn't have a whole lot to leave, yet they left what they had looking for the hopes of a brighter future. They say that America really, the settlers came to the Americas in about four waves. They came leaving uh, and escaping so that they could worship in freedom. They came wave after wave. But by the fourth wave, uh, the Highlanders, as they came from the very rugged and mountainous regions here to the Americas, they left what little rough life that they had alone. They lived, many of them, in mountainous regions. Uh, there was no land, much land at all, to be farmed. Uh, they herded sheep on hillsides. Uh, they were goat far farmers. They uh, lived very rough lives. They lived in shacks and huts for houses. Um, they didn't have much money. It was a very rugged and very rough life. 
It wasn't until the Highlanders moved to the United States uh, or what would later become the United States to the Americas. Uh, as the Highlanders came, uh, it be began to be very obvious to people. And as the historians have looked back and began to look over where and what um, transpired as people left the old world to come to the new world in hopes of a better life. Uh, as they came, they noticed that whatever they left behind, they came looking for in the new world. They left the old world behind to look for something new and to look for something better. But when they arrived, they looked for a landscape that was familiar. They looked for land that, was, that they were familiar with. They looked to build and rebuild lifestyles, homes and families that much resembled the world in which they had left. They came here searching for new hope, for a new leash on life, for a new chance at prosperity, for a better lifestyle. But when they came, they came, they left Germany they came to Indiana. They came to places such as we live. And they left Frankfurt to come and establish Frankfurt. They couldn't even leave the names of their countries behind. The names of their cities. The names of their regions. They even brought with them. They, they looked for similar landscape when they built they tried to build similar architecture. It was a desire to reestablish what they already had. The fourth wave, the Highlanders came and they left some of the most rugged parts of the old world. They came here and landed in Jamestown and from there they moved immediately south. And where did they go? But they went to the uninhabited regions of the, uh, of the Appalachians. They went into the most rugged terrain that they could possibly find. And there they began in these remote areas to try to build out and redevelop what they had escaped from. As I read through this story, it reminded me of what it really means to be delivered from the old life that God has brought us out from. Far too many people leave the old life, but after they arrive and begin to prosper in Jesus, it doesn't take long until they begin to rebuild the things that they had once walked away from. The Lord did not deliver us to go back to where we were. As a matter of fact, the scripture teaches us that the ways of a transgressor is hard. The scripture said he came to give us life and to give us a more abundant life. But I want to come this morning and tell you that the deliverance of Egypt is an app from Egypt for the children of God is an absolute testimony to the New Testament church that God brings us out from the world, causes us to be separate from the world. We do not need to come into the kingdom of God and try to redevelop what God has delivered us from already. 
I'm not going to go into the depth of this that I really feel that maybe at some point I will. But this morning, I just want to tell you that what God has delivered you from, don't ever stoop to going back into it. That old world that God brought us out from is not worth trying to reestablish and come to church on Sunday and look like we're living right and act like we're living right to go back on Monday to the old world that He delivered us from. I don't know about you, but I want to put my feet on the ground this morning firmly in the church and the kingdom of God and establish He brought me out of the miry clay. I have no desire of going back to the miry clay. I may not be perfect. I may not do everything the way I ought to do it. But I'll tell you this much. I'm not going back. I want to talk to some people this morning who may be wondering about some things in your life. Maybe you came this morning questioning, asking why I feel alone in this new world. I feel forsaken and forgotten at times. God hasn't brought you this far to leave you here. But if there's anything that I get out of the book of Exodus in general, it is that the Lord has brought us out from the land of bondage and He intends to take us into the land of promise. In the meantime, we're living in the land of hope. Because the church is the hope of the world. He's brought us out of the world and we haven't heard Him say well done yet. But in between our deliverance and our final well done, we're living in the land of hope. And where we are today, we've got to keep pressing on. We've got to keep striving. We've got to keep reaching. And we've got to declare, I may not always get it right, but I'm going to keep on keeping on until He says well done. There's five main points I want to... I want to point out to you this morning, first of all, the book of Exodus is very clear. The Lord says that I will bring you out from under your burdens. Look at your neighbor this morning if you feel comfortable to, and I want you just to encourage them by telling them the Lord wants to deliver you from your burdens. What does it really mean to be delivered from burdens? I'll tell you what it means to be delivered from burdens. It doesn't mean you won't have struggles in life. But it means that you don't have to carry the burden every day. And you don't have to carry the burden alone. Whatever you face in life, whatever you go through, there is a God in heaven that is walking with you. He is not very far from you. He is near to you. He came to bring you out from under your burden. By reason of the taskmasters, the scripture says that the Lord heard the cry of the children of Israel because of the burdens that they were carrying, because of the load, because of what was being pressed upon them. The Lord saw them under the load and under their burden. I feel like this morning that I'm talking to a few people that know what it's like to walk under the burden you've walked under the burden of stress you've walked under the burden of family problems you've walked under the burden of financial problems you've walked under the burden of physical duress you have walked under the load under the pressure of of different things in life I want you to know this morning that you wouldn't want to carry that burden without the hand of God being with you. That's why you need the Lord because he gave us a promise and that is that I will bring you out from under your burden. Either way, we're going to get out from under the burden. You won't always carry the load. 
and you won't ever carry the load alone. The second thing I want to point to you this morning is that the scripture said that he would rid us from our bondage. In other words, this, the, the use of this phrase over and over in the book continually tells us, Exodus continually talks about the bondage or I could translate it to the word entanglements. Mm. The issue is, if we're not careful, God can bring us out of our bondage, but we stay entangled in the land. The entanglements with the world can be a very difficult, difficult thing to break. We get entangled in the things of this world. Why do you think it is that the settlers who came from from the old world to the new world came here and began to reestablish because just like Lot's wife who could not depart without looking back, they came from the old world to the new world, but they were still entangled. In other words, their thinking was right where they were. I talked to somebody the other day who was lost weight and slimmed down and they made a statement to me and they said every time that I see myself I still see myself the way I was before I lost weight. Anybody relate to that? It's because in their mind they are still the person carrying away the, carrying around the extra 30 pounds. It's a thing in the mind. We become entangled in the cares of life, but also we get mentally and emotionally entangled in the world. And when God tries to bring us out, we stay connected to it through the entanglements. We sing, I will give you all, but we give Him most. We say, I give you all of me, but really we give Him part. We hold back the things that are so connected in the roots. We just give him the things that everyone else can see. We hold on to the hidden things that others can't see. The Lord wants to, in, he wants to deliver us from our entanglements. From the things that entrap us and hold us. The Lord wants to bring us out. Listen, has he brought anybody out this morning? When he brought you out of the miry clay, he didn't listen. I, I grew up. I grew up in the deep south, where there's some there's some old red clay down in the deep south, and all it has to do is just come. It can just act like it's going to rain, and it that, just a little bit of moisture gets on that red clay, and I'm telling you, it is so slippery you can't stand up on it. But the problem with it is, as my mom used to buy me a new pair of tennis shoes as a kid, it'd come a little shower of rain. She'd say, "Put your boots on, son." And I would think, man, I don't want to take time to put my boots on. I like my new shoes. But all I had to do was step out with those new shoes. And those white soles on those tennis shoes turned red just like that. Because that old red clay would stick to anything. And getting it off, oh my Lord. You can wash and you can scrub. And when you finally get it off of your shoe, it's now on your hand. And it stains everything it comes in contact with. 
There's a heavy ore, iron ore content in it. And it would just, everything just turns red. And it just, it sticks to everything. This is the issue when the Lord wants to bring us out. We are stuck into things. We bring the rudiments of the world into the church with us. God delivers us and sets us free. And we declare victory. But we want to hold on to a few things. Now I'm going to preach to you for a minute. There's some folks that struggle with entanglements to the world. Things such as addictions and, 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 and different elements that has trapped people to the world. And they wonder why in the world they can't break the addiction. It is because they are not allowing the entanglements to disappear out of their life. You know, I, I'm going to bring the bottle along with me. And I'm just going to set the pill bottle by the bed just in case it gets so bad that I can't handle it. I dare you to go home today and just dump them down the toilet. Mm, boy, it got tied in here now. Somebody struggles with alcohol addiction. You can't store it in the back room just in case you decide to go back on it. You've got to make a decision that I'm going to have a clean break with it. That's why there's some things in your life you've got to disconnect from. And can I go a little further? There's some people in your life you have to disconnect from. Because they will pull you back to the person you used to be. They will drain. You have got to make a clean cut with the past. You are entangled in the past. The Lord said, I want to rid you from your bondage. I want to rid you from the entanglements. The third lesson in the book of Exodus that becomes so clear to us is that the Lord declares over and over again, I will redeem you. Let me tell you why God wants you because He wants to redeem you. He has already paid the price. In other words, He purchased you. He bought you one act of Calvary, potentially redeemed the whole world. All you've got to do is yield yourself to the price that He has paid and allow God to deliver you. Four times in, in three verses, God reminds Israel, I am your God. If you'll let God be your God and you'll allow Him to redeem you, you say, I'm not worthy, Pastor. No, you're not. And none of us are. But He is God. Let Him decide. Let Him redeem. Let His blood do the work. You'll never be good enough for God. But God is always good enough for us. We sang about the mercy of the Lord this morning. And as they were singing, the Spirit of the Lord was moving. I sensed the presence of the Lord so powerfully as we were singing this morning about the mercy of God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Your mercy is forever. Oh, God, thank you for it. And we're singing over and over again. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a fresh revelation of the mercy of God. You couldn't get to where you are by yourself. It was He that redeemed us. It was a price He paid that you and I would have never been able to pay for ourselves. Evidently, the, the Israelites were having trouble remembering that God was on their side, that God was fighting for them, that God was working everything for their good. It's not much different today in the church. We forget God's for me. God's not against me. I've still got to have His mercy. I've still got to have His grace. Can I remind somebody today? That what God has started working in your life, He is able to finish what He has started. The Lord doesn't engage Himself and then leave you standing at the altar. 
The fourth lesson in the book of Exodus that rings so clear is he says, I will take you unto me for a people. In other words, I will come back for my bride. I will collect you. I will. God has literally, God has engaged himself to the church. Somebody asks you how you're doing and it's a bad day, you need to just tell them I'm engaged to God. How's it going? I'm engaged to God. The day may be rough, but he's coming. He hasn't forsaken me. The Lord hasn't forgotten me. The bridegroom doesn't engage himself to the church and leave us standing at the altar with all of our struggles. He desires to bring us in. Over and again in the book of Exodus, we see that the Lord brought them out of the bondage of Egypt with a plan and a hope to bring them in. The Lord didn't bring you out of the world to leave you where you are. Can I speak to the church this morning? There is more to this serving God thing than what we are experiencing this morning. This is the transitional land. This, is, this world is not our home. Well, I wish I could just somehow get this through to us this morning. The Lord brought us out, but this isn't the destination. We love this world so much if we're not careful, we'll get connected to it and not want to leave it. But this world is not our home. He's bringing us out to take us into Himself. So therefore, while we enjoy this life and enjoy this world, don't get so caught up in this world that we don't want to leave it. This week, we lost perhaps one of the last of an entire generation. Bishop Tom Fred Tenney, many of you recognize the name. He has been all over the apostolic world. He has been all over TBN. Recently, only just a few weeks ago, preached for Jensen Franklin. He is a very powerful Powerful man of God. I first met him in 1987 and he sat and spoke with me like I was his own son and poured into me for about 20 minutes in a room. And there was a small group of ministers that came and the words that he spoke impacted me so very much. I, I got to tell you as we watch and we're sad, we've got to understand he lived his whole life for this. We lost our bishop a couple of years ago. He gave his whole life, he, his whole purpose was preparing to go to his eternal home. This world is temporary. If we're not careful, we'll get so excited about being brought out from where we used to be that we'll think this world is our home. We'll forget that we are sojourners. In a land where we're not, we, if, if somebody says, man, I just feel out of place, you should. Because this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're sojourners. Our home, our treasures must not be laid up here, but they're on the other side. God did not engage himself to the church to make the ultimate here. I said to you the other day, we have learned to love this life so much that we don't want to leave this life 
Because we really don't think the other side's going to be any better. For the Egyptians, when they were in bondage, anything would have been better than bondage. Mm -hmm. That's why when the Lord took them into the wilderness, He allowed them to wander for a while. He gave them just enough to get through, but when they went into the promised land, He caused the land to provide for them. Can I speak to the church this morning and tell us He brought us out and the church is so blessed today. We have more money today, more education today, more entertainment today. We have such incredible buildings and programming and wonderful things. Nothing wrong with them. Let's do everything we can, but use it to win the world. Don't fall so in love with it. Here we forget there is another side. He bought us with a price. He gave His life for our redemption. Our redemption is not completed in the church. Mm. You just want me to get through so you can get to the restaurant this morning. He brought us out. And he's brought us into a wonderful, wonderful place. Nothing like the church of God. But this is not the ultimate. The bridegroom plans to take us unto himself. He didn't deliver us for the sake of deliverance, but he wants to take us to his own. How long has it been since we truly have fallen in love with the idea of heaven? The church, I remember as a kid, the church got awfully excited about heaven. When we would begin to sing, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, hands started being raised. People started clapping. People started standing. Oh, won't we have a time? Because they started thinking about heaven being better than here. Does anybody remember where you were when the Lord brought you out? You remember what he brought? I know where some of you were. I worked with some. I helped some of you and watched you come out of that old life as the Lord was delivering you and bringing you out. I know where some of you came from. Somebody the other day said, you have no idea where I would be if it wasn't for the Lord who brought me here. Let me tell you, as much as the Lord has delivered you to bring you here, where he's taken you to is going to be greater yet. So don't fall in love with the deliverance that you have that got you here. His redemption is to take us home in glory. I remember where I was. I don't want to shock you, disappoint you, or, 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 or cause you to look at me in some strange way. But I know what it is to struggle. I have struggled with depression. I have struggled with suicide. I have walked through some dark days in life. But I came this morning to tell you, He brought me out. What I couldn't do for myself, He brought me out. Oh, how many of you remember where you were when the Lord brought you out? Remember the struggle you were in when the Lord brought you out? Remember what you were entangled in when He redeemed you, when He brought you out? The writer said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me and safe am I. Where were you when he found you? How far has he brought you already? 
Would there be somebody in the house today that wouldn't be offended if your pastor told you that as far as God has brought you, he's not done bringing you? Where he's brought you to is just the beginning because as long as he's leaving you here, it's because he's trying to take you to something greater. Somebody this morning ought to submit themselves to where God's taking you to. He's taking me to a higher place. He's taking me to a better place. He's got more for me. I don't have all the revelation that God wants to give me. He wants to take me to somewhere better. Look at your neighbor and tell him God wants to take you better to a better place. Remember where sin had a hold on you? Oh, but he brought me out. He didn't rescue us to leave us. He didn't engage himself to us to leave us for another. That's not how God works. He is faithful. None is as clear as the testimony of Israel. For God declared to his people that it was he that brought us out. When the death angel passed over, it was God that saved them by, the blood, by, by blood. At the Red Sea crossing, it wasn't the rod and the wind that saved them. It was God that saved them by the water. When they thought they would die in the wilderness, it was God that provided manna, quail, and water from a rock. When they were hungry, there was fresh manna every morning. When they lost direction, God sent a pillar of fire to guide them by night, and He sent a cloud to direct them by the day. God didn't take them to that place to leave them in the wilderness, but He brought them out with intentions to tell to take them in. Can I tell somebody today that God hasn't forgotten about you. James said this life is a few days and full of trouble but I want to remind you God hasn't forgotten about you. He brought me out and by God's grace he's going to bring us in. Maybe somebody this morning is standing on the edge of your promise and you're looking over in the promised land. If somebody could just understand, maybe for some of us, we're getting a little closer than others. But I want to tell you, there's just one more river to cross. There's just one more mountain to climb. But hold on to your promise. I close with this last and final thought from the book of Exodus. It's the, it's the final thought that I want to tell you that the Lord said. He said, I'm going to bring you out and bring you into a land. But then he says, and I will give you the land for an inheritance. And I know in, to Israel, he was referring to the promised land. To the church, our promised land is not here. We've come far, far, far away from where we used to be. But this world's not our home. We've come too far now to turn around and go back. The enemy would like for somebody to give up with heaven in view, but we've come too far to turn back. We've been through too much to throw in the towel. My wife was teasing me the other day, and she told me, she said, well, if you mess with me, boy, I'm going to pack my bags. I said, just give me a 10-minute notice. I'll grab mine and go with you. He's been through too much now. My Lord, she's put up with me for 28 years. I'm, she, I'm not going through that again. Listen, we've come too far to throw in the towel. We've been through too much. There's been too many sacrifices made to walk away now. I'm going to put my feet on the ground and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever I have to deal with, I'm going to make heaven my home. 
We just need to remember that he brought us out and he's going to take care of us. He's not going to leave us, but he's going to finish what he started in us. I'm closing this morning, Cheryl. Come and give him a little hope. I want to declare to you this morning, hold on to the promise of God. Whatever you need to make it through, God said, I will be that for you. I will give that to you. He said, I will bring you into a land and I will give you the land for an inheritance. What we have, what we have in this life means nothing in comparison to the wonderful inheritance that we're going to have when we get over yonder. He brought us out with intention to take us in. So don't get caught up thinking, church, this is it. What now? I've been saved, sanctified, set free. I've been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Love the church, love the people of God. But it just seems like this is it. No, this is not it because this world's not our home. It's where he's taken us to. Does anybody have a longing for heaven this morning? Does anybody want to see Jesus? Does anybody want to make sure that you're ready? I don't want anything to get in the way of me making the city. Why don't you stand with me all over the room this morning? I just wonder today if there would be a few people in the house that just want to close your eyes and lift your hand toward heaven and just let the Lord know, God, I'm not giving up in the fight and dropping out of the race, but I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on. I'm not getting entangled with the world, God. I'm going to make heaven my home. Could you commit it to him this morning? Could you commit it to him this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, talk to the Lord this morning. Come on, talk to the Lord this morning. Talk to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. gathering here this morning just signifying I'm going forward in the Lord this world's not my home I'm going to go until I hear him say well done
to declare to you my past is over in you all things are made new surrender my life to Christ I'm moving Let me ask you a question this morning. I know I've preached a simple little message today just to remind us that the intention of God is to, to take us to finish the race with us, to take us to the destination, and that this world is not our destination, and we've got to separate from the things and understand that the Lord is the one that's paid the price for us. And I know it's a simple little message this morning, and it hasn't astounded you and blown your mind this morning but I just wonder this morning throughout the building if, if heads would be bowed and eyes would be closed through the room today maybe somebody in the house today would, would just say pastor I've, I've struggled with wanting to be attached to this world and, and I need to break that entanglement with the world maybe in its addiction maybe it's the love of the world maybe it's the desires of the flesh whatever it may be nobody's looking around this morning heads are bowed eyes are closed but you'd just like to slip up a hand and say pastor I want you to pray for me that the Lord would help me break that yoke that is tying me God bless these three I see three four hands this morning right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray over these hands that are raised this morning I pray God that you would give them the courage to make the right steps Lord that they may break the yoke Lord, for your word declares it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. I pray this morning, oh God, that these that have been bold enough to raise a hand today, that by your, your spirit and your power, Lord, that you would break every yoke in their life and that they would come forth to live in newness of life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we declare deliverance and victory for them. Somebody lift up your voice and magnify the name of Jesus with me right now. Come on. Church, lift up your voice. God's going to do His work today. God's going to do His work in their lives.